right, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here, and I hope that we're, we're in a good frame of mind. I want us to think about some of those questions again that we've been thinking about. And the question this week is one that says, what can I do about those difficult people around me? That's not necessarily, I mean, the people sitting where you're sitting necessarily, but that may apply. I won't comment on that. But I think it's kind of an interesting question. We look at some of those things that we deal with every day, and one of them is, what am I going to do about the people who are a problem to me every day? I think about Moses, and put yourself in his shoes for a moment. Came into Egypt. All those things happened. It was kind of an up-and-down situation. Finally, there's the celebration, all the people leaving Egypt, and they travel down a ways. They make it down there near the Red Sea, and somebody says, hey, there's an army coming after us. It's the Egyptian army that are coming after us, and the people confront Moses and say, why didn't you just leave us alone and leave us in Egypt? That's Exodus 14. We could have just died there in Egypt, been just fine, but you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. What good is that? Poor Moses. Don't you feel sorry for him a little bit, some of the things he had to deal with? But there he was, contrary people, and there it went. Or I think about even the Lord. Go a little bit further, go to Numbers 14, when they made it, finally, finally made it to that promised land, to the edge of it. We send some spies in, check it out. This is what it's going to be like to come back. Oh, it's a great place, except we can't go there. Too many tough people, bigger than us, walled cities. We can't take this place, except for a fellow by the name of Caleb who stands up along with Joshua. Caleb stands up and says, hey, the Lord's with us. We can do it. But the Lord said, I'm tired of this. You guys go wander for 40 years, and all of you 20 years old are going to be dead, and only Caleb and my servant Joshua will make it in. The Lord had to wonder, why in the world do I put up with these obstinate, hard-to-get-along-with, problem people? And even Jesus. Even Jesus, we read at the beginning of our worship in Matthew 17, as he came back from that great moment of transfiguration comes back and finds a crowd dealing with some real problem and and there's a fellow there that's got a son who has some very serious problems and some of the translations say epileptic some says uh, that he was possessed of a spirit and it kept throwing him down and the father comes running to Jesus and said you've got to help my son I took him to your disciples and they couldn't help him Jesus frustrated with the people at the time says, well, bring him here to me, and he, of course, healed him. The disciples come to Jesus after that and said, why couldn't we do that? They wondered, what in the world's going on? Why couldn't we do that? Jesus was frustrated with the problems that people brought to him. Well, I'm going to tell you, people can be a problem. That doesn't surprise you. You know it. I know it. People can be a problem. And how many times have we heard the joke, this place would be great if it weren't for the people. (laughs) Preachers say that a lot. This would be a great congregation if it wasn't for the people. Preachers don't say that. Maybe that's elders. I'm not sure. Anyway, but uh, you know the joke that's out there. And it's not really completely out of place to think that way, is it? After all, even God had problems with humans. Jesus got frustrated, as I said, with his close disciples. Moses dealt with those problems with people. We're not, we wouldn't be the first. So I want you to think with me for a moment. Aren't there circumstances and people who frustrate 
you in your life in, in a lot of ways. Spiritually speaking, of course, people frustrate your spiritual behavior, sometimes other behaviors of life as well. And I'll be up front. I'll tell you, I don't know where they all came from, but I think somebody got them all together and gave them driver's licenses. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't know there were so many frustrating people in the world until I started driving a car, and suddenly I realized the only person in the world that knew how to drive a car was me. <laughs> I'm joking a little bit. Sometimes I think maybe they all got their licenses at the circus when it was in town, but in all seriousness, I do really wonder sometimes if people park their brains when they get in their cars and put them in gear, but that's another story. It is really that people can be frustrating, and it's the people that are maybe closest to us that cause us the greatest amount of frustration. The people with whom you interact on your daily life, these may these may be the ones that create the greater challenge in our lives. We don't like to admit that, but that's probably true. Some of the people who, who seem to bring out in us sometimes the best, but they also sometimes bring out the worst in us. That's the ones I'm talking about. And while Will Rogers may have claimed that he never met a, a man he didn't like, Will died a long time ago, and I think there have been a lot of problem people born since that time. He didn't meet some of the people we may know. But as I've mentioned in recent lessons what this all comes down to, and I've stated in those lessons, the challenging difficulty of our lives is not in understanding or even in believing the teaching of Scripture. It is in living the life of Christ in an everyday world. I know it sounds simple when Paul says, for me to live is Christ and presses that on us. And it's a simple statement. It's an easy one. It's a bold one. It's a noble statement to say, for me to live is Christ. It has that great ring to it. But the difficulty is found in keeping in keeping that noble effort in place in the face of an ordinary, everyday, even routine life. For we live among a people who are not always an asset into what we intend to be. Whether it's those in our immediate households or those that we deal with in other situations of life, we live among people who are not always an asset to us. They may purposely or just incidentally pull us away from our intended character. And the question is, what do we do? That's where it is. What can I do about those difficult people around me? Well, you know it and I know it. There are people who make life difficult. We might break them into several categories if we want to. I mentioned just a few of those in thinking about it. Some people are just simply unpleasant. They're just unpleasant or unkind in their actions. Don't you know David had to wonder why in the world does Saul want to keep chunking spears at me? Why does he keep chasing me around in the desert and the hiding places and, and everywhere else? Why in the world? There are just some people who, who make life difficult because they're unpleasant or unkind. And we may look at Saul the king, you know, running David around and wonder, and David may have wondered, but we know that Saul was trying to get rid of David and keep his throne himself. But I think there are people that are just unpleasant. They didn't just get up on the wrong side of the bed, as, as my mother would sometimes say. 
I think they slept there all night. And there were people who were just plain self-centered. Self-centered to the point that the concerns of others are always of less importance than their own. Who do they want to talk about? They want to talk about themselves and what they're doing and what's important in their lives. They may be polite enough at times, but they're always dismissive of people around them. In other words, don't sit in their pew. Well, and some people cage their self-importance in kind of a benevolent way. Say, look at what I did for you. Look at what I do for you. Or maybe there are those who just always want to be seen in the spotlight, always want to be the person who is it always want to be the person that's noticed, and they're jealous, jealous of any attention pointed elsewhere. Or maybe some people, I think some people just want to be contrary. I was thinking about the fellow that felt like there ought to be a no vote in every vote. He said on a council, he'd always vote no. He said there always needs to be a no vote. I just think some people are just born to be contrary. But think about it. Think about it where they are. Think about the people who in your life create certain amount of challenges for you. We may not spend that much time with it, but we, I think we, if we recognize it, we know where they come from because a lot of them are right in our homes. Some of the most difficult people, the people in our homes, family members can be more stressful in our lives and have a greater influence for good or for bad than anyone else in the world. Family members can truly bring that kind of stress and contrariness into our lives. Or, and maybe second to that would be the people with whom we work. you got to see them each and every day. And it's hard. It's hard to work among people who are so different or just, uh, just plain mean or, or people you just don't like. It's hard to go to a job each day when you don't like the people around you. And then there's the social life the people with whom you interact. It's those, those guys and gals that you, you see, that you go and do things with, who don't always understand why you are a Christian and why that Christianity is so important to you. Why they don't understand why you need to set aside other things in order to study the Bible or go to worship with other Christians. Social interaction can often be foreign to, and that Christian character, character can often be foreign to people who you engage in your social activities in life at times. And sometimes there are people who are a problem to you just because they're around. Just because they're around. It's not that much time that you spend with them, but they're just obstinate. They're just hard to get along with. They're just people that you casually run into. Even the most casual interaction with contrary people can make it difficult to ever be in their vicinity. You say, I'm not going to go through that person's checkout line because she's always got something bad to say or he's always obnoxious in that regard. I'm not going to eat in that restaurant anymore because that, that waiter or that waitress is just a problem to me. I don't know where exactly where it is, but those casual encounters. And let me give you one more, as you know in the church. Believe it or not, there are some people who are a little bit of a problem that might be sitting in the pews with us right here this morning. Not you and me, for sure, but there might be some around us, and you and I could name them, but we're not going to because we don't want to create problems that way. But think about this, as I be a little bit facetious about that, still a little bit true. Historically, some of the greatest challenges between people have 
have had to do with religious beliefs. Wars have been fought over that. I think about Paul writing to the church in Corinth and some of the problems they had with one another right there in the church. And it seemed like some of them wouldn't even talk to one another hardly. You get into the second letter that he writes, second Corinthian letter, and get down to chapter 7 even. And even in the church, he said there are problems. And Paul was frustrated with it and said, and those struggles within even the churches. I'm just saying to you, there are people who are difficult in any part of our lives. And we wonder, how in the world as, I, as a Christian, I'm looking at it as a Christian, how in the world as a Christian can I deal with those problem people in our lives and deal with them on a daily basis it can be tough it can drive you crazy at times I was thinking about an event because I had a picture or two in front of me of years gone by and I was thinking about when I, I was a little boy we were given a dog my older sister and I were young and I think my little littlest sister my little sister was just a baby we were given a dog it was a beautiful black cocker spaniel we gave him the imaginative, de well-developed name, Colonel. Okay. He was a friendly, lively, young dog. He loved us and everything. And my mother didn't like a dog to stay in the house all that much, so she wanted him to stay in the yard. And the fence in our yard was not very good. It was one of those old wooden picket fences, and there were places the dog would readily, easily get out of the yard. And so when he was out in the yard, my mother put him on a long leash attached to the clothesline. For those of you who were not born in the era I was, there were two T-shaped poles at different ends of the yard, and there were four wires running between them on which you actually hung your clothes to dry. Okay, enough said about that. He would be hooked to one of the wires on that clothesline, and he could run the length of the yard back and forth. And whenever we would put him out and hook him on that, the neighbor would call. And she would gripe at my, mama, my mother, and my mother would say he could do it. And then he would get wrapped around the pole, and he would need somebody to come and get him unwrapped around the pole, and she would call, and she would gripe, and she would yell in the phone, and this is our next-door neighbor. She didn't come and undo him, but she griped at my mother again and again. Finally, my father came home one day. He went next door. He told the husband, said, she's got to quit doing that. He said, okay, I'll tell her. The next day, uh, she continued to gripe about the dog and wondered what we were doing about the dog. If she couldn't see the dog outside, she would call and ask what in the world we were doing with the dog but if the dog was outside she would call and gripe because we had the dog outside there was no win in this finally my father gave the dog to somebody else and the lady continued to call and wanted to know what happened to the dog there are just some people who are enough to drive you crazy now most of us don't face something quite that lengthy and that elaborate but people with whom you feel like you can do nothing right are a problem. So we have met and we will meet our share of people who are a problem. Maybe, though, I want you to think about something. Maybe we have each even been the problem person. There's an interesting question in Mark chapter 14 when Jesus said, one of you here is going to betray me. 
as Mark records it, and, and you can look at the parallels to that as well. And they've got all these disciples, these guys that supposedly love Jesus so much, and he says, one of you will betray me, will betray me. And he looks at these men, and they look at him, and what's their question? Is it I? Is it I? Not, I'm not going to do that. Is it I? That's kind of interesting. I think we need to ask, is the problem me? I told you before, sometimes I catch myself and said, you know, he's kind of a unique individual, kind of an odd individual. Say that about somebody. I said, said, do you know so-and-so? I said, yeah, he's a little bit odd. And I found myself saying that so often that I thought, well, maybe it's not those people that are so odd. Maybe it's me. And as Christians, aren't we described, doesn't Peter describe us as and maybe that's not exactly what he meant by the word, but he says a peculiar people. We are a little different. Maybe we are the ones who are a little bit unique, and maybe in some situations, let me take it out of that category, maybe we are the people who are the problem. What are we to do with them? What do we do with the people who are creating a problem for us? What are we to do? How can we correct these problems? What are we to do about it? I think about, I think about Samuel and dealing with that. When Saul became such a problem, what was he going to do? Going to anoint David as the king. And uh, then we get into David and what's he going to do? I love one of the phrases that David uses. Because he had some very loyal, very dedicated guys around him, and they were sometimes a problem, and they were related to him. You think about Joab and his brothers, and it seemed like every time you turned around, Joab or one of his brothers wanted to go kill somebody. He's just one of those guys. I think everybody needs somebody like that around him that's just ready to go and knock heads every now and then. They were always ready to go deal with somebody to go to go uh, put somebody to death and so forth and, and David looks at him 2 Samuel 16 and 2 Samuel 19 and he says oh you sons of Zariah what am I going to do with you frustrated well we can ignore him we can retaliate in some way or another to him and dress him down or something or we can just run away and ignore the whole business but what's going to be the result I want to offer to you there are some practical practical practices for living among difficult people. As I said, there are some options you can undertake. You can ignore them and avoid such people as much as possible, or you can do what you can to change the environment. There are three passages this morning. One of them we read at the beginning of worship. I mentioned the other two. An example to us, how do you deal with some of the difficult people? Moses sought God and moved the people forward in the face of Pharaoh's army in Exodus 14. He said, why are you standing here? Go forward. And of course, the waters were parted and they crossed the sea. Or there was Caleb who spoke up when the other spies wouldn't endorse the idea of going into the promised land. He spoke up. An example of one who spoke up when the majority were rejecting God, he was embracing and endorsing God in Numbers 14. And of course, Jesus did something good in spite of the weakness of the people who are around him when he healed that young man and addressed his disciples. From that, let me offer to you quick thoughts. It comes under the category of let your light be the light that shines. When you're dealing with problem people, take the lead. 
take the lead and engage. We had a grumpy neighbor next to us for several years. Well, he lived next to us for several years. And he was a grumpy neighbor. It seemed like everything we did, he, he didn't like. The nicest thing that I remember him doing for us, he told me he had an apricot tree that hang, hung into our yard. He said, you can keep those apricots that fall in your yard. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, he was, he was something of a grumpy neighbor. And then one day we noticed a little boy across the street was always looking for somebody to toss the ball to him. And he went over and he knocked on this neighbor's door. A little boy went over and knocked on the neighbor's door and, and got him to come outside and said, would you pitch the ball to me while I hit it? And now th this man was probably in his late 70s or around 80 years old or, or so, so you get a picture about how old. And, he, and that man went outside and started tossing the ball for that young boy to hit. I'm telling the truth, aren't I? And... And pretty soon, the man began to soften. And he got a little better. And before long, other neighbors in the neighborhood were getting along with him. And one day, he was even sitting in the living room in my house in a cordial way. Take the lead and engage. Sometimes the person who is the biggest problem to you just needs you to come and take them on in a good way. Secondly, put yourself in their shoes. Try to understand where they're coming from. Think about Jesus. The writer of Hebrews tells us that he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He said, we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched by our infirmities. We have one who knows what our infirmities are. We need to be able to try to at least, as best we can, understand the struggles that are in somebody else's life. I don't think people were just born to be mean. Most people are not, at least. There may be one or two of you that were. But, but we need to try to put ourselves in their shoes, and we'll be better able to understand and communicate with them as best we can. Jesus, touched by our infirmities. And three, I got this piece of advice from a, a counselor several years ago, not somebody who is counseling me necessarily, but it was at a seminar and I was listening to this counselor speak. And he said, when you've got people that are causing you problems, he said, make friends out of your enemies. That sounds kind of awkward. But what he was talking about, he says, go the extra mile in things that interest them. Engage them in things that interest them. His example was, he said, I never cared anything about fishing, but I had a, had a fellow that was giving me all kinds of problems, and I knew he loved to fish. So I went and read about fishing, got my fishing license, and practiced a little bit, went out, and then one day I said, hey, I understand you're a fisherman. Why don't we go fishing together? He said, you know, we formed one of the best friendships that I've had in my life out of somebody who had been such a great problem to me. Now, and I'm not advocating fishing, that's not the point, but make friends of, out of your enemies by going the extra mile in things that interest them. And then fourthly, be unwavering. Be unwavering in your influence towards better things. Don't give in. Don't succumb to them. Don't lower yourself to the level of somebody who is creating a problem. Be encouraging. As we've said, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Let your light shine that men might see your good works. Be the unwavering influence of better things. Be that city that's on the hill. Don't allow yourself to be brought down to their level. Stand strong. Stand strong in who you are. Give an example of good things to all men. That's what Paul was trying to get across in Romans 12 and verse 17. We didn't get that far in class this morning. 
but it's a great passage. You see, we tend, to, we tend toward the practice of returning evil for evil. But he says, don't do that. Don't do that. We're reminded there that there's a better road that, is, that we can work. Work to overcome evil with something good. Let it be in God's hand. And let God be the one who brings down any judgment on people that needs to be brought. Take the lead and engage. Put yourself in their shoes. Make friends out of enemies. Be an unwavering influence towards better things. That's exactly what Moses and Caleb and Jesus did in those examples. That's exactly what we are called on to do. I know we tend toward the practice of returning evil for evil, but that's not what we're about. The fact is, difficult people are going to always be present. The challenge for you and for me is to learn how to heap those coals of fire, not literal ones, to heap those coals of fire on their head as, as Paul, drawing from the old proverb, leans out for us. What I want you to remember is, such as in the case when the disciples couldn't cast out the evil spirit and wondered what in the world was going on, and Jesus confronts them, and frustrated with the situation at hand, and dealing with the people there, Jesus, and, and you know, he had to be frustrated. Here he's got all this good, people were frustrated. And he looks at him and says, but he says, bring him to me. And Jesus did what needed to be done to make things right, right then. That's what we need to learn. When we're dealing with difficult situations and difficult people, do what you can to make things right because that's the example he left for us. This morning we're going to sing again a song of encouragement. Let it be of encouragement to all of us. If there's someone who's never put the Savior on a baptism, never obeyed the gospel, the opportunity to do so is right here this morning. If you've considered that, if you need to know more, we'll gladly study and, and work with you in that. If you have other needs you have and you want the prayers of the church or something like that, th this opportunity is yours this morning as well. And the invitation is extended for you this very hour if you just come while we stand and sing together.